Everybody good tonight? God is good. Yes, God is good. So you ladies, make sure to come and bring people that, la- that ladies' night out and the panel, and this can be a great thing. It's, you know, when, when, you hear, when you hear people talk about things that they've walked through and, and come through, it really encourages your faith. A, a lot of times when you hear what people have actually been through, sometimes you think, you know, I'm the only one going through stuff, and, you know, surely they don't go through stuff. Everybody goes through stuff. Everybody's dealing with something at some time. Actually, everybody should be dealing with something all the time, you know. We just ought to be dealing with new somethings. Okay. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So, <clears throat> tonight we're in our foundation series. I love this series. I love this series. And a um, couple things. Um, couple of different notes <laughs> in a couple of different places. Okay. Um, as we cast vision this year, you know, I, I've already told, I already warned you that I'm going to repeat myself a lot and, and continuing to talk about what God is saying to us and encouraging you in. And uh, The disciple, the discipling process, which is, which is connected um, through and through to the Great Commission, last thing that Jesus told us to do, told his disciples that they would be doing, was making disciples. And that's been going on for over 2,000 years, duplicating they, they duplicated themselves, and we see it in the book of Acts and on through all the epistles. And, and the writings of the apostles, and, um, and, we, and we see where they duplicated themselves all the way down to us. And somebody shared something with you sometime, planted a seed, and, and watered it, and somebody else watered it. One plants, one waters, and God brings the increase. And if you're here today and you're born again, you got born again because somebody planted and somebody watered, Right? But it, it, when it's all said and done, the increase comes because salvation is real and it's God's plan and His blueprint. But He didn't create us just to get born again. He created us to be discipled. And He created you to be a discipler. That's a correct word. To be a discipler and to disciple other people. Because as we've been reading in Ephesians, if you'll get equipped and take information and then do something with it, you'll grow up. You won't stay a baby. You won't stay an infant because you'll be doing something with what you have. And everybody sitting in here today has, has different worlds than the person next to them. Everybody's in different places throughout the day. We come in contact with different groups of people. And so we all have the ability to... Be a discipler of other people. Make disciples of human beings. And 
I've told you about, and we're going to continue to focus on this, but four keys to this discipleship process is services like this where we equip, connect groups like we've got those together and you should be being called, make sure to connect and develop relationships with people in and outside of the body because we're not only, we're not only, uh, these connect groups are not only for people inside the body, but for unchurched people that you are ministering to and, and, and are your ones. And, and so we're bringing these together and helping to, to build right relationships with people and learning how to do that. So connect groups are important. And in the connect groups, we are learning, and you'll hear more of it in, in our training. The third thing is leadership training. The more training that we do this year, what, we're, what we want to do is learn how to disciple people in connect groups. And, you know, connect groups are not just the connect group that you have here, but your connection with just individual people. How do I disciple people with my life? And it's so important. We talk about it. We're talking about it all the time. We're going to talk about it all year. So important that we understand how to make disciples. It doesn't matter if you've been born again for a day or you've been born again for 40 years. You know, if you've been born again for two days and, and you're ministering to somebody that's not born again, you're two days ahead. And, and the key is just stay ahead. And you have something that they need because you're learning something that they've not learned yet. And, and so how to make disciples and develop that leadership and then training disciples like through the Genesis class and, and getting people to understand what this born-again life is really all about. From Genesis to Revelation, developing the revelation in people of, of what born-again is really about. And, you know, I used to think probably the first eight or ten years that I pastored, I thought that people got it. I thought people understood born again, that it had been born again. Because I thought if you've been born again, then you understand born again. Uh-uh. What I found out is, uh-uh. And what I found out is, is that so many people missed some of the things that were, the foundations that we're teaching on Wednesday nights for a while, so many people missed foundational teaching. Well, if you, if you go, Pops, if you go build a house and there's no foundation, what's going to happen to it? It's going to tilt and storm's going to come and it's going to be on the ground. And, and in, in the body of Christ, I think that there's been many, many shipwrecks in people's lives because there was no foundation. What does that mean? They didn't understand born again. They didn't understand what it meant to be born a second time. And, and I've, seen it, I've seen it throughout the body of Christ where people get saved and they get some truths about something because we live in a world where if you learn something, you ought to know it. So it doesn't make sense that you have to learn something over and over and over again to learn it at different levels. That doesn't make sense to a lot of people. If, I, if, I, if 2 plus 2 is 4, then it'll never be anything but 4. And you can switch the two twos, you know. I mean, but you, you can't do much with it. And, and you can't do much with just knowledge itself in a lot of areas. Once you learn it, you know it. 
But it's not, way, it's not that way with the Word. Once you learn something, you know it. But Paul said, if any man thinks he knows anything, let him think he knows nothing as he ought to know it. So the revelation of that continues to increase. So tonight, we're in the third part of this foundational, this, this number one foundation of faith. We're in the th- there's five parts to this number one foundation of faith. And the statement of faith that a person must have to be an effective discipler. To be effective at discipleship, you've got to understand, number one, that, that a person must be born again. Number two, as we talked about last week, we must understand the benefit of repentance. Repentance isn't an ugly word. It's, it's a benefit. We've got to understand that. And then tonight, we're talking about water baptism and the understanding of water baptism. And, you know, you might think, well, you know, there's really not a whole lot to say about water baptism. You, you know, I mean, that's water baptism. You go down in the water and you come up and I'm born again. But there's so much more in the Scripture. I mean, it's amazing how much that Scripture talks about water baptism and, and, and the benefit of, of, of water baptism. And so, I want to just, you're going to like the way I'm going to teach this. I'm, you know, we, we taught this series back in March, and, and I'm, I've, I'm teaching the same series, but I'm not teaching it the way I taught it before, a little bit different. So I'm, I'm just going to lead you through these verses of Scripture and give you several points that go with each of these Scriptures tonight as we talk about um, water baptism and the importance of it. We will have, if you've never been water baptized, we'll have another baptism next month in the month of March, and we'll let you know ahead of time the date, but we'll make that a baptism Sunday. I'm going to share this now, and then I've got some other things that we'll add to it on that Sunday morning, and we'll, we'll teach on water baptism on Sunday and then have, have it in here as we always do. Um, so just follow with me as, as we go through this just for the next few minutes. Um, so I want us to look at John chapter 3 so just follow me here John chapter 3 And verse 6, John 3 and 6. What I want, what, what, what I want to show you in these next, these next few verses of Scripture is how important that water baptism is to your victory. Water baptism is so vitally important to the victory that you and I have, and we're going to see that through these verses of Scripture. So verse 6 says, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. So it's vitally important when we understand the benefit of baptism that we first understand that a person must be born again. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. A 
person must be born again. So that which is born of the flesh is first birth, and that which is born of the spirit is second birth. So you can't be born a second time if you've not been born a first time. So if you're not sitting here tonight in a, in a physical body, you don't have the potential to be born again. Everybody sitting in here in a body? Okay. So you must be born again. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Now, I want you to think about what I'm telling you in the last couple of weeks and what I'm talking to you about tonight. I want you to envision yourself sharing this with someone else. See, Nicodemus, this educated man, very, very, very educated man, good man. Uh, the, Josephus talks about Nicodemus. He's a, he's a uh, historian, and he talks about, lived and actually was alive in the day of Jesus. And he talked about Nicodemus. There's one little piece in his book, in his big fat Josephus book, that talks about Nicodemus, and he was a very compassionate man, and a man that had great love, and he really loved Jesus. And, and there is kind of some understanding that, that Nicodemus stood up for Jesus when he was, when he was in Caiaphas' house and, and being you know, ridiculed and, and, and lied about and accused that, that, that Nicodemus stood up for him. I don't know if that's actually true, but that's just word that, that he did. Anyway, he was a very good man. But he comes to him in this passage right here, and, and, and he says to him, how, after he, after he said, you, a man must be born again, or before that he said it, he said, how can a man be born again? How can a man go back into his mother's womb? See, what he didn't understand was first birth, second birth. So envision yourself talking to somebody, just in, the, in, the wor- in your working world, or just you may be in the grocery store someday, and somebody may ask you that question, you know? Well, what do you mean born again? Well, you're born of the flesh, but to be born again, you have to be born of the Spirit. So think about some of the things that I'm saying to you and teaching you here and the importance of it because it's not just about that you have knowledge of it, but that you have this statement of faith on the inside of you being able to share this with other people, okay? So number one, number one in, in, this, in this understanding and revelation of, of baptism that creates victory for us, we must be born again. Then Mark chapter 16 other way. Mark 16 and verse 15, part of the Great Commission here. There's Matthew's part of the Great Commission. Here's John. Here's uh, Mark's part of the Great Commission. And he said, and he said uh, well, let's look at verse 14. Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table and he rebuked their unbelief and their hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. And he who does not believe will be condemned. Now, Remember, you're thinking about, you're, you're, you're receiving what I'm saying, but you're thinking about ministering this to other people, okay? So, <clears throat> this is, what, I'm going to kind of 
add a little bit, not adding to the scripture, but I'm going to paraphrase here. And, and I think Jesus said this, okay? This is what I think he said. He said to them, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. And he who believes and is baptized will be saved. The word saved there is the word soteria. He will be made complete. Spirit, soul, and body. He'll be made complete in every way. But he who does not believe, in other words, if he dies before he gets water baptized, will be condemned. Now, he wasn't saying that a person that is saved and is baptized will be saved. If you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth, you're born again. Okay? Salvation or, or water baptism is a sign and a seal that we're going to see in these passages of Scripture that is so vital for you when you're alive. I, I, I saw people argue over this passage right here. And I, I used to see people just get furious over the fact that they said, if you're not water baptized, then you're not born again. And they took this one verse of Scripture and said, to be saved, to be born again, you have to be water baptized. The truth of the matter, and this is what I want you to remember for yourself and for others, is that water baptism in your life is a reminder of the victory that you have over everything that you face. And I want you to hear that in these next few verses, okay? I want you to hear it in these next few verses. So, anybody ever ask you, you know, I, I know somebody that I think was saved, but they weren't water baptized. I'm concerned that they went to hell. I mean, God's not trying to send people to hell. Somebody didn't get water baptized. I mean, if it was, you know, four or five weeks and they hadn't been water baptized yet and they got run over by a car and they, and they left planet Earth, they got born again. You know, the benefit of water baptism is so that we live victorious in this life. That's one of the benefits of water baptism, see? So just remember that when you're thinking and, and questions like this are asked because it's important that you have this statement on the inside of you that, that you're ready to answer people's questions. It will cause you to grow up. Amen. Amen. Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. So, well, back all the way up to verse 26. I was going to read verse 36, but just back up there real quick. I'm not going to read all these, but, but here's the story. Go back and read it. It says, Now an angel of the Lord, verse 26, spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down to Jerusalem, to Gaza. This is desert. So he rose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury, had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning and sitting in his chariot. He was reading Isaiah the prophet. Spirit of, the Spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake his chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? Remember, you know, 
this is kind of, this is, this is discipleship 101. You understand what you're reading? So we'll say, one day Taylor's walking up the steps at Starbucks and some guy's got a Bible open. He's reading a Bible and he just looks over there and he just, the Spirit of God says, ask him if he knows what he's reading. You know what you're reading? No, just reading. Mind if I sit down? Sure. Let me get a coffee first. <clears throat> so then he sits down with the guy, and because he's got a statement of faith on the inside of him, and he has revelation that is, that, that is working in his life, he's got something to say to the guy. Doesn't mean he has every answer. Doesn't mean he even understands what he's what, what the guy's reading there, but he's got something to offer and to add to what that guy has. Can you say amen? Because not everybody that opens their Bible has any clue what they're reading. So remember that. So, um, verse 34, so the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask of you, of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or some other man. Then Philip opened his mouth and he began he and beginning at this scripture preached Jesus to him. See what disciples do, people that are that are disciples of Jesus Christ who are discipling the lives of other people, they lead people to Jesus so that those people become followers of Jesus. That's what he was doing with this eunuch here. And he says um now, as they, as they went down the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, If you believe, we just read that in, in, in the Great Commission in Mark chapter uh, 16. We just read that, that if you believe and you're baptized, you'll be saved. So he's tell, Philip says, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he, and, and he answered and he said, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Because, because he was listening to God and took the time to share with that guy and help that guy understand what it was that he was reading that he really didn't understand because I didn't read it, but one of the verses I missed right there was he asked him the question, do you know what you're reading? No. How, how can a man understand? How can somebody understand Scripture? I'm telling you, you can understand Scripture by the Spirit of God. See, And the Spirit of God that lives in me can help people like that. And, and, and this is after the cross. And was it important for this guy to get baptized? Yeah, but more than that, it was important that he believed. Look at the water. What's hindering me from being baptized? See, people can say that in a religious way because maybe they were, they, they were raised in religion, but they weren't ever raised with Jesus. And they can think that, well, you know, there's water. I might as well be baptized because, well, it, that seems, what's, it seems like what's right. But why do we get baptized? He said, you're, you're a candidate for baptism if you believe. Amen. So what a person has to do is believe like, like Philip told the eunuch here. And he said, if you believe and you're baptized, you'll be born again. Wow. Amen. 
Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. This is on the day of Pentecost and many have come to God and have, have gotten born again. And uh, ba- um, Back up to verse 36. Verse 36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart And they said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, then what shall we do? Think about it. You're going to be somewhere and somebody's going to say, Okay, this Jesus you're talking about, you know, what should I do? What should I do? Very simply, very simply. It's not not some, you know, educated and and overdone process that you have to lead somebody through so they get to the end of it that they're so absolutely confused they don't even know what they're doing. It doesn't take that. It's simple. Men, what, what, what do I do? If Justin's at the feed place and, 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 and someone walks in there and, they, and, and he, he has the opportunity to share Jesus in whatever way that he would share it, and then the, if the person asks him the question, so what do I do? And that's an honest question, is it not? So what, 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 what do I do? We've got to know what to do because of what we've done. Right? We've got to know what to do because of what we've done. And this is the response in verse 38. And Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission or for the forgiveness of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You shall be born of the Spirit of God. When you repent, meaning there, you believe, with that goes repentance like we talked about last, last week. With that is repentance and we're water baptized. All through scripture, it's a natural connection to believing. We believe, we repent, and we're water baptized. We believe, we repent, and we're water baptized. So what do I do? What do I do? What would Justin say to that person in the feed store that... that is hearing something about Jesus, what do I do? You ask God to forgive you of all your past. Old things are passed away. Behold, everything is brand new, everything right now. And I know that doesn't make sense to your mind, but if you'll believe that's so and ask Jesus to come into your heart, you'll be born again. Huh? And I'm sure Justin's got some water down there at the place. And then we'll, then we'll dunk you in, the, in, in one of those tanks. That's what, we use as a, that's what we use here as a tank, so we just use it. A tank fresh and brand new at the feed store, right? But that's what you do. That's what you do. A man must be born again a second time. He must enter into second birth to understand how to live victorious in this life. Amen? And then, look at Romans 6. 
other way. Romans 6. I'm just going to start reading in verse 1. But you know, um, before we read that, we're going to finish right there. I want to read this, this last one before Romans 6. Look at 1 Peter 3. 1 Peter 3. And verse 21. And I'm going to read it. I'm going to read verse 21 in the Amplified. And it's really long. Verse 21 in the Amplified of 1 Peter 3. And baptism, which is a figure of their deliverance, does now also save you from inward questionings and fear. Fears. Not by the removing of outward body filth, bathing, but by providing you with the answer of a good and a clear conscience, inward cleanness and peace before God, because you're demonstrating what you believe to be yours through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I got to tell you, that pretty much summarizes the whole thing right there. So go buy you an Amplified Bible. No. Just pull it up on your phone. You can download them for free. But that verse of Scripture, verse 21 in the Amplified, pretty much summarizes the whole thing. So I want to take what that says and, and end this in the benefits of water baptism found in Romans chapter 6, verse 1. What should we say then? Shall we continue in sin so that grace may abound? Not even. It doesn't even work that way. Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death, therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, in other words, old things are passed away, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe we also live with Him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over Him. For the death that He died, He died to sin once for all, but the life that He lives, He lives to God. Likewise, likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey its lusts. Notice where the sin is? In your mortal body. The sin is in your mortal body. Everything that has to do with first birth. The sin is in your mortal body. Watch. And he said, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey its lusts. 
And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Verse 14, and then I want to talk. For sin shall not have dominion over you. You're not under the law, but you're under grace. Where is sin? Where is sin? Sin is in, sin affects your physical body. What you see, what you hear, what you say, what you come in contact with, sin is affected by your physical body. And it says, Jesus died this death one time that you and I would be alive. And he said in verse 3, do you not know that as many of us as were baptized, remember, remember what the scripture said about baptism, as many as, uh, of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death, therefore we've been buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in the newness of life. Now, I'm going to end this just saying these few things. I want you to think about and be really good. You're not going to get everything that I said in what I read, and I, I don't usually read that many scriptures, but I wanted you to hear all 14 of those. Okay, so picture our baptism tank right here, right? And somebody's standing right here in the baptismal tank. And how many of you have gone down in this tank? In this tank? Yeah, come on. But, you know, you've gone down in some other form of water, okay? So, when you go down in the water, what did the Scripture just say? Remember, you're, you're thinking about how you're going to answer people's questions about water baptism, right? And the importance of it. So it says, you went down like you went into the grave. You died a death with Him. See, He died the death for you. You died with Him. You came up out of the water... In the newness of life, the way he was resurrected from the dead, now you're resurrected. In other words, wherever he's at, that's where you and I are. Where is Jesus? But where is Jesus himself? He's at the right hand of the Father. All authority, dominion, power, and every name that is named. If you're here Sunday and you were listening, we talked about that. And we said, at the right hand of the Father in all authority of power and dominion, He's there representing you and I. So where is my representation? At the right hand of the Father. It's at the right hand of the Father in all authority, dominion, and power. And the reason is, is because I'm water baptized, leaving first birth curses and sins and all that stuff in the water. Coming up out of the water in the newness of second birth, I must be born again. And water baptism is signifying the fact that now... Where sin controlled my life and my flesh, I'm dead to that. See, I'm dead now. Sin shall not have dominion over me. Now, the last time that I checked, I am still alive. Wait a minute. I think I am. Yeah, I am. I, I can feel it. I can feel it pumping. Okay? So, here, what's that? No, no, that's right. So, I'm still alive, okay? So I'm still potentially susceptible to the effects of sin. What I see, what I choose to see, what I choose to listen to, what I choose to do with my life and my physical body, what I choose to, I'm still susceptible to all those things. Yet, see, 
Yet, today, I choose to live in second birth. See? And what this baptism, when I, when I remember the three times that I've been water baptized, didn't take the first time, had to do it again, then, didn't take the second time, didn't take the, you know, I'm teasing. So, you can be water baptized a dozen times or more. It's kind of like, it's kind of like uh, communion that we take as often as you do this. I'm going to say water baptism can be the same thing. As often as you get water baptized, remember that sin and the effects of sin in your flesh have been left in the water. You're coming up in the newness of life and the power and the victory to overcome. Sin shall not have dominion over me. And you know what sin is? Sin is not adultery, you know, fornication, uh, pornography, uh, I can't think of anything, fear of this or that or the other. See, sin is not those things. Those are the effects of sin. And my physical body and my eyes, ears, my five physical senses are still open to be affected by those things. But I've been more baptized. See, that, that's true. The devil comes and says, you know, he, he'll, he'll whisper in your ear and try to convince you that that looks better than what God says is true about Yeah, 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 that, that probably does. But you know what? That was part of the old me. And today, old things are passed away and everything is brand new. And I left that mess in the water. Hmm? I mean, one of these days, if I'm struggling, I may just fill the bathtub up and baptize myself. You know what I'm saying? Fill the bathtub up, hop in the tub, and baptize yourself. And remember, you know what? This stuff that's coming after me and trying to affect my life, no, 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 you're in the water, man. You're there. I'm alive in God, in Christ Jesus. I'm not living after first birth. I'm not under the curses of first birth. I don't care what happened to my dad and everybody else and, and, and all the rest of my family for generations on. It stopped with me because I left it in the water. Amen? I've been water baptized. I'm liberated and free. And the effects of sin, see, sin is just disobedience to God. So when God tells you, don't give in to that mess right there, okay, the sin is disobeying something that you know is right. Now you realize that the person sitting next to you can, can know something is wrong and be convinced of it, and they do it anyway, that's sin. But the other guy doesn't necessarily think it's wrong. So see, if you don't think that's wrong and you've not been convicted by that, you're not held accountable to those things. See, but the more we meditate and feed on the Word of God, then the Holy Spirit convicts us of those things, but not in our own ability. He reminds us that we left that in water baptism. I'm born again, second birth, right? I've been water baptized, and sin does not have dominion over my life. I can be free. And so if you hear me preach something and you, you think, I wonder what he meant by that. You know, I do that. I wonder if I shouldn't do that. That's why you get equipped. Because then when the Holy Spirit tells you something that you shouldn't be doing, and, and, and you, maybe you heard me say something and you've never even thought about that and maybe I stirred something up to where you start thinking about it then you go to God and you ask well, what about that 
then when God tells you to do something, when you know it's what pleases God, that's what causes you to do what's right. Not because somebody else pounded you over the head about it, but because God said. It's because God said, sin shall not have dominion over me because I'm born again, I believe, and I'm baptized, and I've been raised from the dead with Jesus Christ. I sit at the right hand of the Father with him, and he, I'm represented at the right hand with Jesus Christ, and I have dominion over anything and everything that is evil on planet Earth. Wow. Come on. Huh? And remember, I'm sharing all this stuff for you, with you so that not only you understand that, but then you're able to help other people understand the same stuff. Amen? Because if, if you, when you're sharing that with other people, and it's, and you, man, I mean, all of a sudden, the juices are just all flowing. You can, you can feel the saliva just coming down your cheeks. I mean, it's starting, your cheeks are getting tight, almost like you just sucked on a lemon, you know? And it's like, mm, I mean, like you're just in the groove. There's something that happens to you. You begin to grow up and begin to have confidence that the God in you really did save you and that he'll save other people especially when you lead people to the lord man first person i'll never forget it the first person i ever led to the lord all i did is what my pastor said do i just copied exactly what he said and the person not only got born again <laughs> just crying i mean and i'm going oh my gosh you know just weeping over and all I did, all I did was copy what my pastor said to do. And it worked. Hmm? That's where we start. You can lead anybody to God when it's time. When it's time. It's not always time. Sometimes you just need to be loved. Sometimes it can take four or five years before someone, that nut gets cracked because it's so thick. You just love people. and just be there for people. It's amazing what can happen. Amen? So take that word tonight. Apply it on the inside of you to this statement of faith that you're developing and that you have on the inside. And it's amazing how you're going to use this in the days ahead. People are going to come across your path. So what do I do? Glad you asked. Let me tell you. Go talk to Pastor Burt. No. 